Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I've taken the show on the road, as they say, and uh, I'm uh, in Columbus, Ohio area, a um, place I've never even been before, never been to Ohio until uh, now. But uh, it's really a uh, an awesome uh, morning because I got to meet three guys who um, went through with me on the journey last year virtually. Uh, and we'll tell a little how that all developed. But uh, we uh, we saw each other on a computer screen for a full year, but we never met face-to-face till this morning. So we had breakfast together, and uh, it's just been awesome uh, seeing these guys up close and personal. So I want to tell a little the story how this happened. Um, and this also kind of helps you guys understand uh, the importance of virtual. I know you got, everyone gets tired of hearing about virtual, but... Virtual is a means to an end. It's a way to help us reach people in new communities that we that, so they can start influencers groups and branches where they live. And so that's kind of what's happening right here, real time. So uh, a guy named Mike Stanley, who's with us uh, here, is a is a former uh, athlete, football coach. Uh, he's got a long long uh, resume, but uh, <laughs> anyway, he uh, he was seeking uh, something. Uh, Mike Mike ended up. Uh, after reading a book uh, in a roundabout way, he ended up talking to one of our influencers out in Southern California, which led to a conversation with Les Piercy up in Bakersfield, which led to a conversation with Brian Craig, me, in uh, in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I ended up inviting Mike on the journey. And I didn't know he was going to bring a couple of his buddies with him, but he did. And so, so I'm going to start with Mike. Uh, Tell a little bit of your version of the story, and then I want to each of these three guys. I've also got Gary Webb, who's a pastor on staff at the church where we are this morning, and uh, Tim Montgomery, you're, you're here on staff here at the church too. So these are our guys that are in ministry, um, but they got to go through the journey this year. So Mike, t- talk a little bit about how this all developed from your perspective. Well, the short story for me was I, I called a guy who um, had written a book that fascinated me who then had me call him a guy in L.A., Phil Van Horn, who's involved with influencers. Phil uh, got me to talk to Les Piercy, who's in influencers in Bakersfield, and then I called you. Um, and I was looking for, what I was looking for was a <clears throat> something that, from a, from a Bible study perspective, that enabled me to grow closer to Christ, grow closer to men. But in my particular case, I was also looking for something that would accommodate my lifestyle, which is I'm retired now. And so I live in Columbus seven months a year. uh, And I live, uh, excuse me, probably eight or nine. And then I live in Phoenix for three months a year. And so if I was in in a Bible study somewhere, it didn't I couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't be in Columbus and be in the Bible study and then go to Phoenix and still be in that study. And this enables me to do that. It was it was worked out wonderfully last year. So I'm a big proponent of virtual groups, though I like face-to-face groups as well. And oh, by the way, welcome to God's country, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, Mike, since you got the floor here for a moment, tell a little bit about your experience with the journey and what, what now after having gone through it, and we'll talk about what you're doing next in a minute. But. Well, uh, from a background standpoint, understand I've been married for 51 years now. I'm 73 years old, and my youngest son is 40. So, um, at, and I've been in ministry literally for at least 20, parachurch ministry, but for 20 plus years, coached for 50 years. And so in terms of my walk with Christ, I was one of the fortunate people. I had been discipled, uh, but that was only because my life was so wretched that the guy that the Lord had lead me to the Lord was able to spend the next five years trying to unteach everything that I had learned. <laughs> and uh, true story, by the way. And, and uh, so where I'm coming from is it wasn't that I thought I had it together, but I really wasn't sure what the journey would offer me. But I was interested in, in meeting men from other places, and I was interested in growing closer to Christ. Two specific things happened in my life. One is I was really challenged to treat my wife better. Not, not be, you know, this is not that, have you stopped beating your wife yet thing? Mm -hmm. No, this is more along the lines of, I just needed to step up as a husband and, I, and the journey really challenged me in that area. And I also, I felt like I've been a really good parent. To be honest with you, the longer I think about that, the more I am concerned that I was too much of a helicopter parent. But I may have been the original helicopter parent. But uh, all of that to say that it also challenged me that my relationship with my two boys, my sons, was not what it needed to be. It was not awful but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And so it has been a real journey. And even when the, the times ended for last year's group, uh, I'm, I'm still working through some of that stuff because this has really impacted my life, not in, in, a, in, a, in the truest sense, because these are things that I want to change and I want to get in line with what I think the Lord asks of me. So for me, those were the two areas that were just mm. startling if you will. Yeah. Uh, kind of yeah. on the live it out side of things, really. Oh, yeah. for sure. Mm. Absolutely, for sure. So let me uh, go over to Gary, Gary Webb. You're, so you're a pastor and uh, mm -hmm. tell a little bit about, you know, how you came into the journey and what anything that sticks out for you. Sure. Um, my journey with the journey started last August and um, Mike, uh, you just heard from him, came into my office and said, I've talked with this guy, Brian Craig, and, and this stuff looks really good. And it's like I was interested in it. And um, Mike lives on the edge. I'm more of a vanilla type of guy, conservative. <laughs> and so he was pushing me on that. It's like, you know, um, I have some time. My wife had passed away in May of uh, 2019, uh, of almost 32 years. And so I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, I was in a fog at the time. I didn't realize that. Um, then I talked to people in September, and they said, yeah, you were in a fog. And um, and so it's like I'm starting this journey. Um, had been a pastor for almost 20 years, and uh, in the grieving process. Um, yeah. But um, 
So it really spoke to my heart, especially one, one particular occasion uh, was November, um, third week in November, had the uh, prayer time. Um, just during breakfast this morning, we talked about, you know, when all the noise gets pushed away, <clears throat> how you hear the word of God. And uh, huge turning point in my grieving process. Mm. And then things started to, that took me out of the fog a little bit more and, um, and saw the power of, of men self-feeding, men abiding, men living the truth out. And um, saw that uh, I'm in charge of adult ministries here and uh, how men truly need a closer walk with the Lord and something that's not uh, so deep that uh, they have to spend hours and hours and hours a day to get into, but just a way of life. And so saw that as, as a real possibility, uh, not only the impact of my own life, but bringing that into um, into other men's lives. So, yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I was, we were just meeting the executive pastor here at the church, and I was telling him that I love it when I can take a pastor and let them be part of a group of guys where they don't have to lead it. They can just be one of the guys. And, and you were in a kind of in a broken state, obviously losing your wife, and so glad that you got to just be one of the guys, Gary. And, Excellent time. Highly recommend it. So, yeah. 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 And uh, and so Tim Montgomery, you're uh, you're also on staff here at the church and do some. You're a pastor. You said you're not a pastor, but I think you're a pastor. Well, I pastor to a lot of people here at the church, and particularly in the area of uh, finances and estate planning. And, okay. And uh, that, but uh, Mike and I were talking last summer. Uh, I think we met at a Chick Fil A, if you recall. And I was talking about wanting to start a Bible study in Chick Fil A in the mornings because in the mornings they have breakfast there and it's it's pretty quiet generally at six in the morning and such and we were discussing the this idea of six o'clock in the morning wasn't his forte but uh, <laughs> all, all that to say is that you know the Lord was leading me uh, to want to build into other men's lives and it's as much for them as it is for myself mm -hmm. and uh, Mike was at that sort of t that time looking and uh, starting to investigate uh, the influencers and, and the journey and such. And uh, lo and behold, uh, when he got his information uh, sort of pulled together, and what I wanted to do is uh, start those Bible studies in the morning uh, for men, uh, it just seemed like a natural uh, culmination there to give the journey uh, a, a shot because, quite frankly, it's sort of a, it's a one-stop shop beginning point that you've got sort of structured and it's it's very uh, heart warming and heart changing and it moves men to abide with Christ as never before and I think the the thing about for me was that uh, towards the end of the journey which every part of it was very significant but that very last session before graduation was probably the most impactful excuse me, impactful for me, uh, having to do with those rocks and uh, offloaded the uh, the backpack. Mm. That, uh, that sort of freed me. And so uh, I'm, I'm a staunch and very hearty proponent of this and hope we can get it to as many men as possible. 
Yeah, you're talking about uh, the part of Beyond the Inner Chamber. Yes. It talks about that. Yeah, dropping those the rocks and even dropping the whole backpack. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you uh, texted me, I think, from the airport. You were on a trip, and, and you said you were <laughs> you said you couldn't stop crying at the airport. People were going, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, uh, I was reading the book again in preparation for our graduation, and uh, it was... It was very, very powerful. So, mm. yeah, I'm a changed man for Christ. Wow. Well, and I just, you know, I just love it. Uh, you know, Gary and you, Tim, getting emotional. I mean, you, you guys are two men who poured out your life, you know, for in ministry. Uh, but God still has things for you. He, I mean, he has, he's still working on you, working on all of us, you know, and, uh, and I just love it how the journey meets guys where they are. You just never know. I've, I've led 17 groups and it's the same curriculum every time, but every journey group feels different because it's framed within real lives of men and women who are, something's going to happen in a 10 month period. A lot of life could happen. Situations, real time situations happen during the journey or you don't know where people come in, you know, where the wounds are, where the brokenness, you know, where, because men are pretty good at keeping a stiff upper lip and looking pretty good on the outside. And, and so, and, and we're not, we don't do it. The Holy Spirit does it, right? He's the one who enters in. So um, anything else that you guys think about that uh, was impactful for the journey for you guys? That Anything else that comes to mind? I want to make sure that nothing, anything else that you guys want to talk about on that part? Well, I think one of the things that we were all looking for was something that we could, once we went through it, that we could then do it ourselves uh, with other men in our spheres of influence. And, uh, and, and, and being completely honest about it, I, we did not know about the journey and we didn't know what the curriculum was like and whether it was the type of thing we wanted to, to send out in a broad, uh, on a broad basis. And yet this year, the three of us are involved in guiding groups uh, that would total somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 people. Yeah. So so it's it's for us, we found something that we believe in so strongly that we're now leading groups uh, that have 50 men in them this year. Pretty remarkable, I think. Yeah, let's let's just, I want them to hear kind of what's happened. So three men in Columbus, Ohio now, so Mike, Tell them what you're doing this year in the way of groups. Well, I, I'm I'm doing a group where Tim and I are part of the guide group with a man named Tom Richards, who was in our who was virtual. also in the influencers virtual last year. Uh-huh. And Tim and I have uh, uh, 17 men in that group. Uh, Gary and I are also doing a group with Ken Lander, who's from Costa Rica, which is so cool, and was cool. also in our our group last year. And there are 17 men or so. Actually, it's rising all the time in that group. Uh, so there's 34 guys right there. And then, Gary, you've got got a morning group that will be starting up actually Monday the 10th. And um, Tim and I are leading that, uh, guiding that. And right now we have 11, could be 13. Uh, well, I just found out this morning, at least 12 Right, a thirteenth coming along, and um, that's a live. About that, that. And that's a live group, right? That is a live group with okay. men in our congregation, Lord willing, that um, 
they start self-feeding, abiding, living it out in the home and workplace and, and making disciples and then seek to, to live that out by bringing other men along and starting another group next year. So I, I really think this can impact our congregation, especially the men. Um, worked with marriages a lot in the past and um, normally it's the woman who's towing the line. Well, we need to have the men step up mm-hmm. and uh, I think this can really be a huge uh, positive in that area, not only in marriages, but in the congregation and the workplaces as well. So excited about that. Along with working with Mike and uh, Gary, uh, one of the things I want to uh, clarify is that when I was uh, talking with Mike in the Chick-fil-A about a Bible study, this is not necessarily a Bible study. This is a discipleship journey. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it is, it's, it's not one way. We are just guiding others along the same pathway as, as uh, we're going. And quite frankly, as someone once said, you know, we're beggars showing other beggars where the food is. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite frankly, the food is rich and it is plentiful, but you just got to know where to find it. And through this uh, journey, uh, it, it's been life transformational. So anyone who would be uh, thinking about wanting to draw closer to Christ and deeper and richer and fuller, uh, this would definitely be something they ought to consider. And you guys haven't even seen the power of uh, the journey working with women and couples, you know, which probably that'll evolve here. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Because it all started with men, with Rocky, too, and, and with me. But then it started working outward into those areas that we touch, which most of the men have wives and or daughters or something. Right. And that could be an amazing thing to have. You're talking about couples to have husband and wife going through it at the same time, how powerful that could be for their relationship, their walk with Christ and their impact in their family. It could be amazing. Well, I can certainly say my wife has certainly seen a difference. And Mike and uh, your wife uh, say the same? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, had, uh, we had a few of the wives uh, give a video, uh, record a video of themselves talking to their husbands about the changes they saw. And we played it at our graduation. And uh, Mike, your wife, Sherilyn, I, I remember that. Yeah, that was a, that was one of the best ones. That was great. She, she's a firecracker. She had, she had a lot to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> well, you know, Mike, I was just thinking of something. Uh, when you told me you were thinking about doing two groups, I said, Mike, I don't, I don't, I don't think I would recommend that. I think you just start with one. You know, you don't need to go overload. And what did you say to me? I, I can't remember precisely, but I, I think what I said was, look, I don't know how much time I got left. I'm 73, so I'm doing as many as I can. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah, you were just like, time is short. I want I don't want to waste any time. I want to yeah. dive right in. But then both guys, you guys are all doing two groups, which is just amazing. Working together, it's, I think it's pretty cool. I was, it is. Um, always need a co-guide, and it's like mm-hmm. I've been waiting, and then the Lord had Tim come along and said, hey, you mind if come along with you. It's like, just waiting on the Lord to see who he'd provide. And so, yeah, so pleased to have Tim with me in the morning. Is your, on your virtual group, is it mostly guys uh, from around here or are there, are there guys in other places too? No, they're from all over. We got a guy from Connecticut, a guy from, uh, two guys from Florida, um, guy, a couple of guys from Georgia, guy from Arkansas, guys from Costa Rica, Georgia, yeah. So, we, I mean, we uh, we got a guy from Uniontown, Pennsylvania. So 
they're from all over. And mm -hmm. and by the way, I take umbrage with the fact that the virtual groups are not, you keep saying live groups. We're live too. We just <laughs> happen to be yeah. on Zoom. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I, this is fresh on my mind because there's almost like a debate, you know, because some people don't like the virtual because they want to be with, because those who have had the, the personal connection of doing live groups, they're pushing back a little bit against, against virtual because it's not they don't feel like it's the same as being able to sure. grab a brother and put, lay a hand on somebody hug somebody and you know really the personal sure. connection you know so i understand that frustration you know but but i keep telling people if we didn't do virtual we wouldn't have you guys you know right. you That's, wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't have an opportunity of experience a journey until we organically reproduced them yeah. to get all the way to columbus <laughs> and i'd like to comment on that you know in today's world the way things are, it's very easy to go virtual from the comforts of your house and not have to get in the car and spend 15, 20 minutes or more to get somewhere and then get back. And, and quite frankly, uh, it, that really eliminates uh, the problem of people not showing up. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you can just do it from your office or home, or in my case, I was in the airport when during graduation, you know, uh, with you guys, and mm -hmm. that that was just a real blessing. Yeah. So uh, I I think very highly of that if it's needed. Yeah. Well, Columbus is a pretty big city. I'm learning, you know, a lot of, and so it could take you 45 minutes to get from one side to the other. I yes. guess. Yes, it can. So yeah. if if you have that plus your hour and a half meeting time, it could be a three or some hour proposition to go meet during lunch or something like that. So yeah, in the bigger cities, I'm, I think they're starting to use virtual in that way too. So you can make it easier for guys to join in, you know, so that's good. Well, there's nothing like a guy putting his arm around you and and being able to see a guy face to face uh, and and put your hand on his shoulder when he needs the help. There's, no, there's nothing like that. But from a lifestyle standpoint, um, my college roommate lives in Connecticut. I could never be in a group without being able to do it virtually. Mm -hmm. I have wrestlers that live in Florida and have gone on to do other things, and I can't I can't touch their lives uh, without the ability to do it over over the internet. So for me, that that's a wonderful difference, if you will. It's a it's a great option. And uh, would I do one if my lifestyle was different uh, live, as you say? Yes, yeah, yeah, I still believe in it for sure. But we live in a weird world now. Mm -hmm. but, if I'm, but if I'm a father and I've got two or three young kids and I wanna help my wife put those kids to bed, a Zoom meeting which starts later in the evening is perfect because I can help with the kids I don't have to drive to the place. I don't have to drive home. So it, it really works out well. So it has, there are pros and cons, but it's not one is better than the other. The issue is what's your situation? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, if you have a bad hair day, uh, you just flip the camera off and then uh, you, you can listen in and participate. <laughs> well, I had, a, I had a lady just email me uh, yesterday and said, she prefers live, but she said she's found that the same Holy Spirit enters into a virtual group <laughs> as much as he does with a yeah. live group. And I go a step further and say, well, you have to remember the real journey is not the meeting. The real journey is you and the Lord with your Bible and your Amen. journal. You're right. That's yeah. the real journey. You know, the group just kind of brings it all back together. Yeah. You know, you know I, I think we all say that. And I don't think unless you've really done it, you really recognize that to be 
It is absolutely the truth. The real work is done between meetings, between you and the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's where it really happens. That's yeah. where the that's where life changes are made. You uh, get out of it what you put into it, and when you do the work, it uh, you won't come out the same person you went in. Yeah. Well, you know the other thing that I I try to help people understand is. Virtual is a means to an end. What we hope is that people go through the virtual, will bring it to their hometowns and start sharing it with the people in their spheres of influence right where they live sure. and influencers' communities will, will be birthed. And so I think I see the beginnings of Influencers Columbus happening right now in front of my eyes. Yes. So what, what any vision you guys have for beyond this year in, in the next five years of what you hope to see happen here? Do you guys have a vision for that yet? Well, the, the vision will be fulfilled as people abide in Christ and follow his direction and will for them to be the men God has called them to be. And uh, once men and uh, women and, and the couples, when they're introduced uh, here in Columbus area, uh, get started, I, I can see in five years that this would be a very vibrant uh, change for the city because people's lives are being changed because because of Christ. Mm. And so uh, uh, the multiplication factor of this uh, could be very exponential. And uh, that we need that. We need that to happen. Mm. And not we, uh, the, the city needs it uh, to, to bring about new life, new growth, new vision, new direction. And uh, we are just very blessed to be here to be part of that. Amen. Well, and, and we were talking about Bakersfield earlier over breakfast, and uh, I think the church, the main church out there, the Bridge Bible Church, where Les Piercy was on an elder and all that, um, they've seen their church explode with growth. Yeah. And a lot of it's been because of the journey and the men learning how to abide in Christ and then starting to bring their families to church. And so it's, uh, we always want to tell pastors and churches, hey, we're, this is a good thing for your church. This is we're not competing for your people. It'll feed people to your church, you know. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the men that are in the group, um, I'm hoping they see to live just beyond life. Meaning, you do life for a while, but to live for Christ in the midst of the days He's given you, and then discipling other men. That's the way. The third half of it, or third part of this, is that these men would truly take what they're learning, take it into their families, their marriage, and move it out into the congregation with other men. And I think it could get fun really quickly yeah. and uh, exciting to see the Spirit of God move in men's hearts. But we get caught up in just life and, and forget about what's really important sometimes. Yeah, you, you live it out where your sphere of influence is. And if yes. you're a Christian man and go to church, one of your spheres of influence is your church. Yeah. But there's your neighborhood, there's your workplace. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and like Tim was alluding to, it works itself into the community. Yeah. And that's, we talked about Bakersfield. They've started to meet need, actual needs in their community. Mm -hmm. And it's like they have an army of men that are, that are on fire and they get it and they're ready to be mobilized, yeah. you know? Yeah. So Columbus needs, needs that, you know? For sure. But I, but I saw more than community outreach and so forth. The great changes that I, that I heard were, were the, the changes in the lives of men who recognized their role in their family. Yes. The, in our group, the guys who really understood and the journey pointed them to that, 
that the first place they needed to start was at home. Mm. And the guys that responded that way, um, it, it had tremendous impact in that regard, and it will have on their families. Now, <clears throat> we all want to see the thing grow. We really do, and we believe in it wholeheartedly, but it wouldn't be worth it if I didn't start at home. I agree. And, you know, I think God's a family man. You know, from the very yeah. beginning, he was talking about tribes and listing out family yeah. names. And he's just a family man. And, and adopting us as well. Adopting. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought if, if every man uh, just did nothing but minister to his family, every Christian man in America, think how much better the world would be. You know, for sure. Because we tend to skip over that. We, th- we take that for granted and then just go off to saving the world. And you said, you know, the, the most important thing you got out of it was your wife and your boys need you. No you know? question. You're gonna say something. Oh, so yeah. So I think uh, I that I love that about the journey. When the first time I went through the journey and I saw that the first place you live it out is to your wife, the second place is to your kids. That that resonated with my spirit, and because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be that kind of guy. Yeah. So I don't know a single guy that gets up in the morning and says, "I really want to be a jerk today." <laughs> right. But, but sometimes we behave that way, and sometimes we need two things. We need to be closer to Christ, to know precisely what he asks of us. And then it also helps to have a group of men around us who we are accountable to them, but only in the sense that I don't want to let down the men that I went through the fall group with. I don't want to let them down. And so that helps me in terms of my behavior every day. You know, the, the last thing I just want to say is that uh, the group that you guys were part of wasn't even really supposed to, you guys weren't supposed to be in it. Right. It was supposed to be a group that we were going to take the solely business, which is a ministry that we, we loosely partner with. Their leaders were supposed to go through it. And then God prompted me to invite you, Mike. And then, you know, so I say that to say we're in a recruiting stage right now where people are thinking about their groups for the fall. Be, be wide open for what the Holy Spirit wants because you don't know. You, I mean, God, and and someone said in, in our mentoring group, they said, don't make up people's minds for them. Yes. If he's yes. prompting you to invite someone, don't don't say, oh, they wouldn't do it or, they, or this, they're not the right fit for this group. If the Lord's prompting you, follow that and be obedient to it. And uh, you get blessings like this, having you guys and what's happening here. So, well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I wanted people to hear your story and be inspired and uh if anybody's listening out there who has people in this area, in the Ohio area, Columbus, uh, send me a note on our website, influencers.org, and I'll get, get them in contact with Mike and and these guys, and uh, they'll try to get them plugged in however. So I, it's going to be fun to see okay. how this expands outward up in this part of the neck of the woods up here. So so thank you, guys. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Proud, proud of you guys. Our pleasure. Yeah. Well, anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. Uh, You can listen to other uh, broadcasts if you go to our website, influencers.org, and go to resources and uh, podcasts. And we've interviewed a lot of other people and a lot of interviews with Rocky and all that. So you guys will enjoy that. But uh, anyway, uh, we're just uh, happy to see what God's doing. So keep praying for us and uh, find your place in this ministry, wherever you are out there. There's a place either virtually or in your your hometown or wherever. So uh, we're, we're excited to see what God is doing right now. This has been the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. May God bless you. 